Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's happening here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the message. Merry Christmas, everybody. How many of you are done? You're just done. You're packed. No, I don't mean done as I'm stick a fork in me. I mean done as in I'm finished. How many of you are finished Christmas shopping? You're absolutely ready to go. Man, several of you, way to go. Love overachievers, way to go. Some of you are waiting till Mary's water breaks before you get going on this, so you better, better not wait too much longer, man. You're gonna be in trouble. But we believe Christmas is a celebration, and this year we're celebrating this Christmas a little differently, and uh, I've enjoyed the music. I hope you have as well. Every church has a different style. Some of you came from very liturgical churches. I have a lot of friends who are in very liturgical churches, and this would just, I mean, this would blow their hat in the creek. They wouldn't be able to handle all this, but I remember this very liturgical church. They wanted to involve the kids in the Christmas program. So the priest goes to pick this one kid out. He goes, look, son, at one part in the service, I want you to light the candle under the incense pot. And when I do this incantation, I want you to bring that in. It'll be a very meaningful point in the service. So listen for the incantation, light the candle, listen for the incantation, bring it in at that point in the service. It'd be awesome. Well, the little boy lit the candle, had it ready to go. He's at the back listening for the priest. Well, the service went long. You know, sometimes services can go long. That one went long. And so all of a sudden, the priest finally got to the point where he does the incantation, and the little boy is a no-show, doesn't show. So the priest says, maybe he didn't hear me, so he goes into it again, and he sings this thing, his incantation, looks at the door, no little boy. So finally, the priest says, I got to improvise. I, I just got to. So all of a sudden, he starts singing and goes, where is the boy with the incense pot? And the, from the back of the room, there comes this little voice that says, he blew out the candle when the handle got hot. <laughs> Sometimes you improvise. Sometimes you do the best you can with what you have. And so you're going to make some great memories, and I'm glad you're a part of this and allow our church to be a part of your Christmas Eve celebration. We've been in a series called Resounding Joy because it's our belief that this season can be a joyous season for everyone in the room and all those watching online. I really believe it can. However, we do know, as we've talked about in the series, sometimes you navigate through some sorrow in this time of the year. That's certainly true in my life and in our family with the homegoing of Cindy. And I mean, you just navigate sometimes through the sorrow. You, you miss them, you wish they were here, and all that goes with all of that. And I found, as we talked about the first weekend out, the way you navigate sometimes through the sorrow of the season is you got to change the way you look at the thing. You have to change a different perspective, have a different perspective. We talked about the fact that you don't always see things as they are, you see things as you are. So if you can get a healthy perspective and even a biblical perspective, it will change the way you navigate through the holidays and you can even experience in the midst of sorrow, you can have great joy. You realize your loved one's in heaven. I think sometimes God allows our loved ones to look in on some of the events that happen on the earth. The Bible says there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels when a sinner repents. Well, that's not speaking of the angels, it's speaking of the saints. So we know there's some information that gets from earth into heaven, and I kind of believe that God would allow information into heaven to reach our loved ones if it would make heaven more heaven for them. And certainly some of the events that you and I go through in our lives and with our families, I kind of think God allows our loved ones to look in on those events and to enjoy those moments. It's how I process. It's how I see through it. 
So sorrow is something we talked about. That's a reality of this time of the year. Not only that, stress, <laughs> stress. Some of you, you go from jingle bells to juggle bills pretty quick. And there's a lot of stress in the holidays. It just happens. Christmas is the only holiday with a countdown just to add to the stress. And so you have to navigate sometimes through the stress of the holidays. And we talked that weekend about how to get through the stress of the holidays, you have to do as Paul admonished us to do in Philippians 4. He said, don't stress. Don't worry about anything, but everything with prayer and thanksgiving, make your requests be made known to God. And he said, when you do that, the peace of God that transcends all knowledge will fill your hearts and minds. So I challenge you on that weekend to, to pray about what you worry about. Some of you get worried if you're not worried. <laughs> so one of the things that would help you is the minute you find yourself worrying, just pray about the thing you worry about because God has promised to replace the stress and the anxiety and the worry in your heart with joy. So we said you deal with stress, you deal with joy. Then we said sometimes it's hard to fight those blues off. And so sometimes you do, the way you do it is you kind of get outside yourself and you serve someone else. Help a neighbor, do something for someone else. And I, I know sometimes when you're in that pit, you have to kind of dig your way out to get strong enough to even be able to think you can do that. But listen, it's great uh, psychology, it's great theology to get outside of yourself and to help someone else. You know, another thing I wanted to share with you before we receive communion that helps me, and I think it helps us all, is when we gather with one another. There is a strength that comes in numbers. There's an encouragement that comes with numbers. And, and sometimes when you're hurt, you want to isolate and insulate. Uh, you, you, you try to guard your heart from being hurt again. So you think if I can drop my heart into some kind of concrete vault, it'll be protected from ever being broken again. The problem is when you drop your heart into that vault, thinking you're protecting it, before long, your heart takes on the characteristics of its surroundings. <laughs> And in your brokenness, you can become cynical and hard, and you can become bitter and apathetic. And guys, God didn't design us that way. Romans 14 says, none of us live to ourselves alone, and none of us die to ourselves alone. We need each other. And God designed us for relationships. And there's a power when we gather with family, and there's a power when we gather with friends. And by the way, there's a power when we gather in a church service like this that you don't get anywhere else. That's why the Bible refers to the church, and one of the Greek words for church is ekklesia, which means gathering. There's a gathering. And as we've gathered here, the focal point of the gathering, right, is the celebration of the coming of Jesus in the world, which kind of brings me to the nativity. And there was the gathering at the nativity. And when you get home and you look at the nativity, think about what I want to talk to you about just for a few moments. Think about what drew them there. What drew them there was the providence of God at work in each of their lives. You look in Luke 1, you see the providence of God at work in Mary's life, in Joseph's life. You get to Luke 2, you see the providence of God in the work of these shepherds hanging out on the fields, in the fields, taking care of sheep. Uh, you, you read a little farther, Matthew records Matthew 2 of the wise men, and you see where God spoke to them in their language. He spoke to them in the way that they could understand, and the providence of God brought all of them to the Christ child. And can I tell you, there's still a providence at work in our lives right now. It's no accident you're in this room, no accident you're watching online. The providence of God is, God is still in the business of speaking to you in a language you can understand to ultimately bring you to the Christ child. He's drawing us to himself. That's the point. That's the purpose. It's God drawing us to himself. And so you have this providence. Providence, by the way, is an interesting word. It's really not our word. We, we don't operate with providence. It's a God word. 
Now, providence comes from the words providio, to, be, to means to see ahead. I don't have that benefit. I see life a frame at a time, a minute at a time, a day at a time, just like you. But God sees the beginning from the end. He's the alpha and the omega. He's got it all worked out. And I'm just suggesting to you that in the good times and the bad times and the happy times and the sad times, God is working all those things out providentially. I don't believe God causes everything that happens to happen. I do believe he allows things that happen to happen. And I also believe God can take anything that happens and ultimately make it work out for our good and for his glory. So there was a providence. So when you look at the nativity, know all of those people from different places and different backgrounds and different circumstances, different viewpoints, all of them were brought together by one unifying principle, and that was the Christ child. Not only was there a providence there, but don't miss this, there was a presence there. I mean, when the shepherds heard the announcement, remember, they said, for unto us is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus Christ came into the world as a, a savior. You talk about the perfect gift. You, you're probably thinking, man, I hope I got them the right thing. I hope I got, got them what they wanted. I hope I even got them what they needed. You talk about the gifts that we needed. We may not have known that we wanted it at the moment, but we know now that we needed it, and that was we needed a savior. We can't save ourselves. No one can lift themselves up by their own bootstraps. The Bible said all have sinned and come short of God's glory. He, we come short of perfection. If it takes perfection to get us into heaven, we're not, none of us are going. So it's not our perfection, it's his. And so he came into the world as our savior to bridge the gap between earth and heaven to make it possible for us to have the forgiveness of sin and to experience the acceptance of a holy God. So you see, there was a providence. There was a presence. Third thought, there was a power there. There was a power there. When you read the story of the shepherds, how they left the manger that day, they left giving God praise and glory. You know what it says to me? Something happened in their hearts when they encountered the Christ child. You see, no one is ever the same once you've encountered God. Once you've met him and once you've encountered him, you're either drawn to him or you're driven from him, but you're never apathetic about him. And these shepherds who were drawn to Jesus and worshiped him there, their lives were forever changed. They were probably the first evangelists that went around telling everybody about Jesus, the wise men. Many church historians believe that the wise men left completely changed, and many of them carried the news and the far-off places of the earth where they came from, that the Christ child, the Messiah, God, is now dwelling among men. Some historians believe those three wise men died a martyr's death professing their faith in Jesus. Think about that. Someone may live for a lie, but it's seldom someone will die for a lie. And these three wise men died professing Jesus. Can I tell you the same power that they experienced in that first Christmas story is available for you and I? That same power. I tell folks all the time, he's, he, listen, there's not a sin you've committed that he won't forgive. Not one. Your prayers aren't going to shock God when you go before him and say, God, I blew it again. You're not going to hear a gasp out of heaven, you sick puppy or whatever. It's not going to happen. There's no sin he can't forgive. There's no problem he cannot solve. You didn't bring something in here. You're not watching this, this afternoon with a problem God can't handle. And by the way, there's no burden he can't lift. There's a power that's available. You know how close he is? He's a prayer away. He's that close. So I believe this morning... He's brought us here this afternoon. He's brought us here to this place to experience his presence, 
and to know his power. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this afternoon for all of those who are in this service. Thank you for all of those who are watching. And God, we're just reminded of the fact that you coming into this world changed everything. You coming into this world made it possible for us to know uh, heaven one day, for us to have our sins forgiven, and for us to experience joy while we're on this journey. Even though many times our hearts are heavy and many times our hearts are broken, we never walk through this alone. You've given us the wonderful promise. You said, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So Father, we thank you for that. On this Christmas Eve, as we prepare to celebrate your entrance into this world with family and friends, thank you for Jesus. And finally, Lord, I pray for my friends who may never have trusted you as Savior. There may have never been a moment where they've humbled their heart and invited you into their life. I pray this would be that moment. Give them the courage right where they are to pray this simple prayer and say, Lord Jesus, with everything I know about me, I now trust all that I know about you. Come into my heart, forgive my sin, and I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us by visiting metchurch.com so that we can follow up with you this week. We look forward to seeing you next week.